This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now, here is your host, nurse practitioner Cynthia Thurlow. Well, today I'm delighted and excited to have Dr. Gil Blander. He's an internationally recognized anti-aging researcher. He has a background in basic biology of aging and translating his discoveries into new ways of detecting and preventing age-related conditions. He received a PhD in biology from the Wiseman Institute of Science and completed his postdoctoral fellowship at MIT. He's been featured in CNN Money, the New York Times, Forbes, the Financial Times, and the Boston Globe. Welcome, Gil. It's great to have you back. Thank you, Cynthia. Really excited to be back. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I think is so interesting, obviously, everyone's background interests, you know, kind of impact our interests later in life. And so was there anything about growing up in Israel or anything about your childhood that got you curious about the science related to aging? I would imagine there probably there probably is a great backstory, but I, I always think it's such a wonderful place to start from in our conversation. Yeah, that's a great question. So actually, when I, I was 12, a relative of mine passed away. And instead of being sad about her, I was worried about myself because I realized that I won't live forever. Mm-hmm. And that's actually started to fascinate my interest in longevity and aging. That's why I decided to study biology. That's why I done my PhD at the Weizmann Institute of Science. That's why I came to MIT and joined the best lab that studied aging and spent five years there. And that's why I founded the InstaTracker. So definitely there is a lot of, there are a lot of connections between my childhood and uh, in Israel and my uh, quest for uh, longevity. Well, and I, I think now, and I don't think it's just a coincidence that now that I'm technically middle-aged, I take a much more profound interest in all things related to longevity and anti-aging, largely because in many ways, and I'm sure this is something that you share as where as many of the listeners, I may chronologically be one age, but feel much, much younger. And so let's start to unpack. So you were in this incredible lab at MIT and you left to go into the private sector. And what was the impetus for that? Did you feel like you could make a larger impact not being constrained by being in academia? And I think for people that aren't familiar, I trained at a big research hospital myself. I think people on the outside may not realize what academia is really like. So I'd love for you to kind of touch on that because that, that I'm sure had a huge impact on your decision to go into the private sector. Yeah. So I think that the people in the academia looking at everyone that leaving the academia as a trader or <laughs> a, someone that is not good enough. So it's not an easy decision to make. And uh, I can tell you that my mom wasn't happy. She already dreamt on uh, be, having a son that is a professor at the Weizmann Institute of Science. And I came to her and said, no, I won't be. I will start my own company. She said, no, it's not good. Why won't you do that? So definitely I felt a lot of pressure to be a professor in the academia. But I think that the impact that uh, you can uh, have in the world, it's much higher if you start your own company and, uh, and express or expose what you are doing to a much bigger audience. Because I always like to say that uh, in the academia, you publish one or two papers that may be five or 10, maybe if it's very interesting paper, 50 people will read. Here, uh, I already have an uh, impact on uh, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of uh, human beings. 
and my goal is to have an impact of uh, all the seven or eight billion people in the world. So definitely it's uh, the impact that you have is much higher when you are uh, starting the company because the sky is the limit. It's also, I think that it's, uh, I think that there is a problem with the academia that most of what uh, happened in the academia stay in the academia. And it's very hard for an average uh, consumer to understand and know what is happening there. So I think that part of the mission of uh, Insert Tracker is uh, to translate all the uh, interesting and exciting research in the academia and bring it to a tangible and uh, actionable recommendation for the users. So I think that uh, in a way I'm still in the academia, I'm reading papers almost every day and uh, I have a lot of scientists that I'm working with and we have a great relationship with the scientific community. But yeah, I think that it was a hard decision but I'm really excited and like the decision that I made. Well, I share with you that my parents, when I decided to leave clinical medicine and start my own business and become an entrepreneur, were completely appalled. They didn't understand why in the world I would ever yeah. do something that was so risky. And yet, much to your point about wanting to make a larger impact, I do know now, you know, retrospectively looking back on the last five years, that you know, we both have had an ability to connect with far more people than we would have if you had been in academics and I had still been working for a large cardiology practice in the Washington, D.C. area. So bravo to us. And I'm sure our parents are now, their concerns are certainly assuaged and they're even probably more proud than if we had stayed. I don't want to use the term small because I'm not suggesting that, but I think it's much easier to stay in what we know than it is yeah. to leap into the unknown. So when we're talking about anti-aging and longevity research, obviously intermittent fasting is a large part of this. And I would love for you to kind of touch on how caloric restriction actually extends our lifespan, because I think a lot of people come to intermittent fasting out of curiosity. You know, many of them want to change their body composition, but there's so much more to it. And certainly hearing from a scientist and not just me, but hearing from a leading researcher in this space I think it would be helpful for listeners to understand a little bit more of the science behind the why. Yeah, so I think that that's uh, maybe the $1 billion question. And <laughs> I want to start by saying that not all is known, but it's definitely known, and I'm sure that your listeners know that uh, there is a data about caloric restriction for the last uh, maybe century. So starting from the 1930 with a study in uh, Rodent, moving to mice and now fish and monkeys. And they, even in humans, there are some evidence for that, that caloric restriction can extend lifespan. It's very hard to show it in humans because we are living too long and it's an <laughs> experiment like that will be, uh, I assume, very expensive. And I'm not sure that the scientist that will start the experiment will finish it, will need to transfer it to his, uh, I know, siblings or something like that. But definitely there is a lot of diet in, uh, sorry, a lot of data in the peer-reviewed scientific publication that show that caloric restriction extends the lifespan of a model organism. The question is uh, why and how? And uh, I think that there are a lot of uh, evidence that it's working via different pathways. Some of them, I assume that they are known to your listeners, such as the SIR2 pathway, which is a well-known deacetylase uh, that activated by NAD, which is uh, basically the N part of the energy uh, currency that we are using in our body. mTOR pathway, it can be via the uh, insulin pathways. So there are a lot of pathways that have been shown that are actually uh, helping uh, the body to extend the lifespan. 
In human, the data that uh, we have so far show a lot of the effect that you, you discuss. So you can uh, definitely you can lose weight, but also you can optimize a biomarker that related to longevity. So your glucose and your uh, LDL and the other lipids and inflammation. So a lot of those can be uh, optimized when you do a caloric restriction. And I think that uh, it's no doubt for me, and I assume that uh, for the scientific community, that caloric restriction is a great intervention. But still, we need to research it more to understand how it's doing it. Like when I started InstaTracker, the uh, most uh, interesting uh, small molecule was uh, resveratrol, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, actually David Sinclair, uh, which is a scientist at uh, Harvard, and uh, right now I assume that he's well known. He, he published a book and uh, he's uh, now all over in, uh, in the podcast uh, world. He showed that uh, resveratrol is activator of uh, CRT1. And because of that, it can uh, hopefully can uh, extend lifespan or uh, improve the health span. But today there are a lot of other uh, candidates like all the NAD derivative and uh, a lot of other of those. So definitely there is a lot of progress, but in my opinion, it's not 100% clear why caloric restriction extends the lifespan. I think it's helpful when we're kind of touching on the concept of we're always looking for the why we're always looking for more information. And that's really what people in the scientific community, there are people in academia and in private labs that are looking for answers to the age old question, you know, how can I reverse aging? And so I love that you touched on some of the testing piece. And obviously, because my background is in traditional westernized allopathic medicine, I also have functional training. The testing piece is always of huge interest to me. And you mentioned a specific several labs like inflammatory markers, markers of metabolic flexibility. So let's talk about how you transitioned from academia into this private sector and what was the initial impetus? Did you want to, I would imagine you wanted to translate some of the deep scientific information, apply it to conventional labs and then twist it a little bit so that you've got your own kind of unique flair with Inside Tracker. Yeah. So I think that the, the answer is a bit more complex than that because I knew that I want to do something with longevity. I knew that I know nothing about the private sector. So I knew that I need to learn about it. And so when I left MIT, I decided to join a company that done a system biology, computational biology, basically looking at uh, all uh, changes of uh, genome-wise or protein-wise or uh, RNA-wise. And I thought that that's a great uh, step for me to try to understand what is happening system-wise and not only a specific protein. Like when I worked at uh, MIT, I worked at CRT1, so it's one uh, protein. I wanted to do it uh, in more systematic way. And uh, when I, I joined there, I was lucky enough that actually, by coincidence, uh, David's company uh, named Sirteris done a project with that company. Because of my background in uh, longevity, uh, uh, the company was very excited to uh, recruit me. And uh, I worked on that project. But also, at my time at MIT, I was lucky enough that Estee Lauder, the cosmetic company, I funded my research because I done some research on skin aging and skin differentiation. And they, apparently it's very exciting for them. So they funded me. And they, when I left, I had to publish another paper. I submitted it. And I'm sure that you know when you submit a paper, most likely it will be rejected. So it got rejected. And I said, okay, let's use the technology of that company to improve the paper. So I used the technology and the paper was published. 
And then I felt that uh, suddenly I have a bit more time because I wasn't in the academia. I worked in the more or less nine to five work in the industry. And I said, what next? And uh, as uh, your fascination in uh, caloric restriction, I had the same fascination and I still have it. So I said, let's take all the publicly available data on caloric restriction and try to push it into the platform that we build there at JustTrack uh, and see what is going on. Like, let's understand what's happening uh, under the hood. Why a caloric restriction is uh, extending lifespan? So luckily, there was a lot of data from uh, model organisms, mice and rat and different organs, brain and muscle and the uh, liver and uh, whatever you want. So a lot of data. I push it into the, this platform and build a network analysis. Basically, I try to see what's happening when you do caloric restriction, what genes are activated, what uh, protein are activated. And as a good scientist, I hope that I'm a good scientist, I also included some controls. So one control was young versus old mice. So basically I said, okay, let's see what is different between them and young and, and old mice. And also uh, at that time, uh, David's company, Suteris, uh, published a paper about uh, effect of resveratrol on uh, longevity. And they also done their microarray, which is a changing of the mRNA. So I took this data as well and I tried to build the network. And what I found that there are around 20 different pathways that are changing in caloric restriction. So I mentioned a few, uh, serotonin pathway, uh, insulin pathway, uh, TOR pathway, another. And then I tried to compare it to young versus old and the resveratrol that has, at that time was the best caloric rest- restriction mimetic that was known. And I, what I found for my surprise is that the overlap was very small. So there are around 20 pathways that, change, that were changing in uh, caloric restricted versus not mice. When I looked at the uh, resveratrol, I found only two of those that were, were overlapped with those 20. So basically only 10% of the pathways were overlapped. And the same was happening with uh, aging. So basically caloric restriction is not exactly aging, okay? Or there, there is something more about it. It's not like a mimic the a effect or delay the aging. There are other things that he's doing. But those pathway of uh, young versus old even overlap with the resveratrol. And there was only a small overlap between the, uh, the young versus old versus the caloric restriction and the resveratrol versus the caloric restriction. So I think that that was the aurora moment for me because my way of thinking was like that. Let's say that around 10% of uh, the effect of caloric restriction are mimicked by resveratrol. So I said, if we need small molecules, we need a lot of them because resveratrol is the best one. So the second best will cover only 5% and the next one only 2%. And then you need a lot of them. I estimated a few tenths of uh, small molecules. And then uh, also, <laughs> if you look at the uh, young versus old, it's not exactly the same. Caloric restriction is, I assume, giving us more benefit than just longevity. So I said, why, or we said, because uh, I had a couple of other scientists that I worked with, we said, why should we use small molecules? Why can we use food as a drug of choice? Why can we move the uh, drug cabinet from the bathroom to the refrigerator? Let's mm-hmm. try to do that. But again, to do that, we need to understand what's happening inside our body. And it's very hard to take a, every human being and run a microarray analysis or other because it's a lot of work and it's not something that is routinely done. We said, let's take blood because blood is uh, something that everyone is doing anyway. And it's routinely done in the last century or so. So there is a lot of data from the peer-reviewed scientific publication. 
and let's try to find, how can we find what's happening inside your body based on the blood? So we looked into Quest Diagnostic Catalog, and for my surprise, I didn't know, but they have like 5,000 different blood biomarkers. So if you think about it, first, it will be very expensive to run all of them. And second, it's, you might not have enough blood in your veins to, to run all of them. So we had to find a way to pinpoint what are the best blood biomarkers for us for uh, basically longevity and the performance and wellness. So me and my team spent a few years looking one by one and trying to understand which one are the best ones. So we came with a, a few criterias. The first one, they should be biomarker of health and not a disease. So for example, we are not looking at marker of cancer, but we are looking at marker of metabolism, of performance, of uh, uh, stress and so on. The second, those markers should be modulated by food supplement exercise or lifestyle changes. So for example, thyroid is uh, very important. That there, is, there are a lot of issues with thyroid metabolism with a lot of people, especially women, but there is not a lot of intervention that I can give you to modulate your thyroid, other than iodine or something like that, that you need this, a prescription from your physician. So because of that, we don't have a, this marker. And then the last one is that at least 1% of the population will have a marker out of the normal range. Because we said, I don't want to test something that happened in one in a million, because I'm not giving value to the majority of the people. And that's how we came with the current insert tracker panel that we have around 40 uh, blood biomarkers that uh, fit all of those criteria. Then we said, okay, w- what are we going to do when we know that, uh, for example, your glucose is high or your uh, vitamin D is low? We need to find the intervention for it. So again, we looked at the peer-reviewed scientific publication on the, on the USDA catalog of foods, and we started to collect intervention that we know if you are a male and your uh, know, testosterone is low, those are the intervention that will work for you. If you are a male and your testosterone is low, but also your uh, cholesterol is high, those are the intervention that work for you. So we started to basically look holistically on your body and try to find all the permutation that you have. And then based on that, giving you the best recommendation, all of them based on a peer-reviewed scientific publication. And actually, we are not giving recommendation if it's only one paper. We are looking at at least, we are trying to find at least two. And we're also looking at all the ecosystem, meaning you can find almost in everything, everywhere that you're looking on, whether one intervention will change something. But it's very hard to find it twice. And a lot of time you find that one researcher say that it's increased and another say that it's decreased. So we're looking at all of it. And then our scientists weigh all of it together and for you, Cynthia, I'm sure that it's uh, known that uh, something like meta-analysis basically look at all the environment and then decide whether we strongly believe that this intervention will help you to optimize this biomarker. So we spend a lot of time on doing all that because it's a very hard and detailed work and uh, our science team is still working on that every day. And uh, as of today, we have uh, thousands of different recommendations that fit to a person based on the issues that he has with his blood biomarkers, with his DNA, 
and even with these uh, physiological markers such as uh, resting heart rate and deep sleep and REM sleep. I've been using MitoPure for the last two years and I've added this to my routine for multiple reasons. Number one, it's a foundational supplement for me and my family. It keeps things simple and I know that I cannot get enough of urolithin A in my food to derive the same benefits. And if you're not familiarized with urolithin A, it's a signaling molecule, but it's also actively involved in anti-aging, energy production. And I take Timeline because of its remote remarkable healthy aging solution that activates key critical cellular pathways in my body. It's a total game changer for healthy aging. I alternate between using the soft gels and powder depending on whether or not I'm traveling. And we know that restoring cellular energy is a key to enduring health. And this is concluded in a recent publication in Nature Metabolism, which is a top scientific journal identifying that newly energized cells may provide many more years of healthy life to people. Yet as we age, we know that cellular energy production naturally declines and reduces our prospects of optimal health and longevity. That's the great thing about Timeline is you can restore cellular energy and support healthy aging. I've noticed the biggest improvements in my energy and sleep levels. We know that Timeline is clinically shown to give our cellular energy generators, the mitochondria, new power. And when taken daily, it replaces aging mitochondria. So it upregulates mitophagy and rebuilds new ones or mitogenesis. Timeline is the only nutrient that can do what it does. So Timeline renews your cells to a more powerful state. My listeners can get 10% off your first order at Timeline dot com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off at timeline.com slash Cynthia. I know you're going to love this product. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beamminerals.com and use code 
Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.bminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. Well, I'm so grateful that you got this concept and really have executed it so beautifully. A couple of things I want to just mention to listeners. Number one, Gil is using some terminology that some of you may not have ever heard of before. And I'll make sure that when this episode airs, that we'll go in and explain a little bit more about sirtuins and NAD, because these are concepts that once you understand them will really allow you to understand some of these key anti-aging benefits. Number two, if you have not read Dr. David Sinclair's book, Lifespan, it is a must read. It is a, a little bit more high level book, but it's one that myself and several of us in this space really think highly of reference it often. And what a, an amazing gift that you are both working together on so many of these projects that you're doing. Number three, the ability to take and synthesize a lot of existing research and make it user-friendly because one of the things that I appreciate and enjoy about your website is I can refer my clients and patients and say, this is a great article, you know, go check this out is really a gift because it's very easy for those of us in a technical environment, whether it's medicine or research or scientific community to use the language that we've been trained with but then not translated into something that's layperson public, but it is really critically important if you want people to understand and be able to take those principles. Lastly, I love that you marry sci the scientific research with the nutritional piece, because I fervently believe that it all starts with nutrition. Like all of these lifestyle choices, you know, we have unfortunately conditioned a lot of people in Westernized countries and especially the United States that a symptom that we experience requires a medication when more often than not, unless it's emergent or urgent, it really requires a lifestyle change. And really starting with nutrition is one of the most important changes you can make. Thank you. It's always very true. And, and I like that you said it. Yeah. So let's talk about how Inside Tracker works. How do people, obviously they can get a referral and, and come to your website, but how does the process work? And why do you utilize blood as opposed to saliva or urine or some of the other, you know, modalities that other types of testing will work with? Yeah. So maybe I will start from that. Um, so blood, in our opinion, is a liquid gold. It's a gold standard. The physician like you are using it to diagnose diseases and to treat them and uh, to help them to make decisions. So we show that uh, if we are starting with the best uh, in-class uh, diagnostic, then we have a better chance to help people to live longer, better life. And I'm sure that uh, you heard the, the term garbage in, garbage out. So if you start with something that is not uh, as high quality, it will be hard to be very precise. Now, if you are asking about saliva and urine, I think that there is a lot of advance right now with saliva and urine. And I think that in the future, we might be able to use them. Again, the advantage of blood that you have uh, more than a century of research and knowledge about blood biomarkers, which you have much less about it from uh, uh, saliva and urine. So that's another uh, limitation of uh, saliva and urine. Uh, but I'm not saying that saliva and urine are bad. It uh, all depends on what you're looking at. Uh, some markers like cortisol, for example, a saliva test uh, consider very accurate for that. Now, how, to, how InstaTracker is working? It's pretty easy. You just need to come to instatracker.com, select the plan that you want to do, 
And then if you do blood, you can either buy the blood test from us and we uh, will uh, send you to one of the 1500 clinics in the US of Quest Diagnostic and you can get tested. If you are too busy or too scared to go to Quest Diagnostic because of COVID or any other reason, we can send a phlebotomist to your home or office. If you still don't like to leave your office or home, we can send you a home kit to your home or office and then you prick your finger a few drops of blood and you can get tested. If you have data from your physician, you can upload the data. We have a platform called OCR that basically you just need to take a picture of your, uh, the PDF of the blood result and our software will uh, take it into our platform and we have an operator that review it to be sure that it's 100% accurate. So that's another option. If you want to start with DNA, you can uh, buy the DNA kit from us. But if you have data from 23andMe or Ancestry, you can upload the data from there. So again, we don't want to, we are not a blood analysis company or DNA analysis. If you have the data, we'll use the data that you have. If you don't have, you will help you. And recently we connected to wearables. So we have a connection with uh, Fitbit and Garmin. And now we are working on connection with Apple Watch. Uh, so very soon we'll have a, a nice coverage of the activity trackers. And I think that the marry of all of them together, that's the most important because then you have a super high definition view of your body because you have the DNA, which is a once in a lifetime and basically show you the risk that you have. For example, you have high risk for high cholesterol. Then the blood showing to you what's happening inside your body right now. You have high cholesterol or you don't have high cholesterol. And then the activity tracker showing to you basically every millisecond what's happening in your body. The quality of the activity tracker data is much lower, but the frequency is so frequent that it's allow you to correct yourself all the time. So you had, uh, I don't know, your REM sleep was low last night. Don't worry, InstaTracker will send you a tip and explain to you what should you do for the next night in order for your uh, REM sleep to be better later. So I think that the mix of uh, the three of them together is the key. And uh, based on that, you can understand your body and hopefully live longer, better life. Well, and I think it's so interesting that you're so proactively synthesizing all of these different modalities. I had the opportunity to do my labs earlier this year, which was really interesting. It was very convenient. I did the top level one because I'm always a nerd and I want to know all of the stuff. What I found really interesting was that it correlated nicely with things that I already knew about myself. What's interesting for me is we have a strong family history of high cholesterol I eat predominantly a carnivore-ish type diet, so quite a bit of meat. And the thing that made me giggle, and I was reviewing the labs last evening with my boys, I have teenagers, and I was kind of explaining that we were connecting today, and they were laughing. They said a lot of the dietary recommendations for me was a lot of very bean focused. And so they thought that was funny because I tend not to eat, they eat a lot of beans. I don't eat a lot of beans, but I told them, I said, here's the important piece is that for each one of us, there are always things we can be doing differently to improve Mm -hmm. upon our health. And I think for so many people that don't see that correlation with our nutritional choices and how we live our lifestyle overlap with genetics. I mean, there are things we can change and things we can't obviously 
We can't change after we're born who our parents are, you know, the, the genetic composition. But I think it's important for people to understand you can have a propensity for a particular illness or disorder, but it doesn't mean that you will develop that. And it's that epigenetics that, you know, does the gene turn on or off based on what we're exposed to our environment, what our lifestyle choices are. Can you touch on that for a second? Because I think that's important. There are a lot of people that kind of come to, they're a little fearful of doing any genetic testing, thinking that means if you have a particular gene, that means you will definitively have X or Y. Yeah, I think that that's a very important point and the point of confusion with the population. So in some instant, like a cancer, the connection between the gene and the, the fact that you will have cancer or not is very strong. So for example, breast cancer and BRC, uh, sometimes they, they are even a, a surgical operation just based on the genetic in order to prevent it in the future. What we call the lifestyle, or let's say a metabolism, the connection, there is a connection, and you might, uh, it might increase your chance by 10 or 20%, but still you have the other 80% that is, are under your control. So in your example that you discussed, the uh, high risk for high cholesterol, that's mean that you need to be maybe more careful, but it doesn't mean that you will have the high uh, cholesterol. It's all on, in your hands. And I think that's very important because of that to know that and to know it as early as possible and then intervene. Because if you won't do that, yeah, the 10% become 20%, 50%, then end it will be 100%. But if you know and intervene, you have a very good chance to live to 100 and don't have an issue with a high cholesterol or a, with a diabetes if you have a risk for high glucose. So that's why I think that the, the genetic is important, but that's not the end of the story, just the beginning. It's your potential. And if you will... Uh, monitor your genetics and then monitor your blood and be sure, hey, my uh, glucose starting to inch up. I need to be more careful. And there are so many different interventions to optimize the uh, uh, glucose. You mentioned uh, beans. It's good for glucose and for cholesterol. And I'm exactly like you. I really ate gym, uh, beans before. Now I'm eating beans <laughs> because I know that it's uh, my superfood. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, if you read the men's journal or women's journal, uh, kale is the superfood, but it's, it's not superfood for all of us. It's superfood because one dietitian decided that it's superfood, but it might not be good for me. So what is important is to understand what are your, the issues that you have, and then what are the best interventions for you nutrition-wise in order to optimize your health and wellness. I think that's really important you know, the bioindividuality piece. You know, I say that term quite a bit, but it really is critically important. What may work well for you may not work well for me. I affectionately call kale killer kale because it's high in oxalates. And for a lot of people that want to go overboard with kale smoothies and spinach smoothies and celery smoothies or juices, I remind them that that may work for a portion of the population. And yes, those are intrinsically healthier foods, but they may not work for everyone. So I think that's a really critically important distinction out of curiosity. So I was asking my listeners questions that they would have for you. One woman wanted to know what foods promote longevity. Are there foods based on your research by the review of the research that's already been done on foods that promote longevity? So again, it's hard to say because we, it's very hard for us to show it in or for the scientific community to show mm-hmm. it. But I think that, again, if you look at the study about caloric restriction and look at the, what are the markers that are important for longevity. So glucose is, uh, in my opinion, one of the most important markers. And uh, um, 
any food that uh, high with um, fiber are good for uh, for that so you mentioned beans but uh, oatmeal is a great one berries are a great one um, so if you want to focus on that you can uh, do that also so what I'm trying to say it depends of what is the situation but if you want to go high level I would say that those are foods that I think that are uh, might be good for you and again don't eat too much even uh, from those because uh, too much is not good and we just discussed a uh, caloric restriction a few times so we don't need to eat too much because then we won't be under a uh, uh, caloric restrictions uh, status and most likely won't live longer even if we'll eat all of those superfoods yeah oh sure I'm curious when you came to the United States to do your postdoc work, Did you see a huge distinction or differentiation between, you know, the way that Israelis live their lives, eat compared to Americans? I'm going to guess yes, but I'm curious to to hear a little bit about what your experiences were like. Yeah, so definitely, yes. I think that the the Israelis live more on the Mediterranean diet. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I went into one of, I forgot the name of the chain of a Mexican food, but the, the cheapest one. I, I Taco Bell. Taco Bell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I went with, uh, that time with my wife and I had only one kid. And uh, when we went out, I said, Taco Bell for me is a once in a lifetime. And I haven't went mm-hmm. there again. So all the, I think that uh, just looking at McDonald's and uh, Burger King and all of that, I think that uh, eating those, what I call empty calories, like basically industrial and uh, it's not good. And uh, somehow the American love it because it's easy. You go out, it's cheap, and uh, you get a lot of calories. But uh, I see our body like a car. So mm-hmm. if you have a Maserati, you will give it the, the fuel of Maserati. Mm-hmm. And I hope that all of us think about our uh, body as Maserati. So if that's the case, let's feed ourselves in the right one. So don't. Uh, it's okay to eat in McDonald's one in, uh, once a while when you are stuck in the airport or stuck in, on the road. But even there, you have an option. Don't take the double cheeseburger and don't take a lot of fries. You can even there find the, the right... Uh, even I think that uh, Burger King have the impossible meat or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's much better to eat the veggie burger than the real burger. So there are a lot of options. So even if you go there, you can always find the... So it's very tempting to eat the double cheeseburger with the fries, but you can eat the behind meat with the salad and uh, then it's not so bad. Yeah, but definitely, yeah, there was a big difference. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. 
Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armour Colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armour's Colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And Armour's colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Well, I think it's really interesting. You know, obviously during the course of the pandemic, my family and I haven't been traveling, but my kids have had the opportunity and the privilege of being outside the United States many times. And they were always kind of first of all, shocked to see that in the EU, for example, there are McDonald's and some of these kind of American franchised restaurants. And they always say, well, why would you come to another country and ever choose to eat there? And I said, yeah, that's pretty much how your dad and I think about things. But it's also the concept of good, better, best. And I think that's also an important distinction to make sure that we reinforce that you know, when you're traveling or you aren't able to eat the way you do at home, really making the best of the circumstances. I always tell people you're always going to be better off with some vegetables and some protein than if you just really focus on the carbohydrates. And the last thing, because the listeners know how I feel strongly, I feel about processed foods, recognizing that there's a reason why processed foods are so irresistible. Once people start eating them is that they are created to be hyper palatable, makes it very hard to have one chip, one, just one French fry. And so really talking and speaking to the fact that these hyper palatable foods are designed to be as addictive as possible. They drive the reward system in the brain. And, you know, when you start adding highly inflammatory seed oils, like sunflower, canola, soybean oil, and you marry together, you know, these unhealthy fats with carbohydrates, it makes this kind of irresistible concoction. So I agree with you, you know, keep it simple. If you're out and you can't have your normal types of food to really keep it as simple as possible. So when you're working with this, these, you know, key kind of DNA anti-aging labs and 
really helping to further define the research as it's currently written. I'm curious for individuals. So I would imagine that Inside Tracker is designed so that people can continue their relationship with your company so they can upload labs that they have. Maybe they've done labs with Inside Tracker, then they do labs with their primary care provider and they can graph and trend a lot of the data. And I'm sure that was done purposefully. Have you found that most people are taking advantage of that option? So we had the limit of, uh, not limit because we wanted, but limit because of the uh, size of the graph that we had on the web uh, site, that we had a limit of 30 data points. And then we've seen that uh, some of our users say, hey, we, I want to upload more. So we move it to 35 and 40 and so on. So we can definitely see that uh, our users are doing it. And I think that that's a very important point because one point is one point. Two point is a line. Three point is a trend. And it's very important for you to know the trend. Even if you are, let's say your glucose is amazing, you want to see the trend over years and suddenly you will see the jump. Then you know, oh, now I need to be really worried. Even so that it's not uh, yet uh, in the dangerous zone. And again, that's something that the, let's call it the Western the medicine uh, doesn't pay attention to. So uh, the trend is very important. And when you plot it, you know what's happening with your body and you see what's happening. For example, I tested once when I had the, I've been sick and I've seen that my HSCRP jumped to 10. It's usually mm-hmm. below one. And that was great to see that I have a reaction. Uh, mm-hmm. It's nice to see. Nice to test your border. And when you don't have it, how can you know? So I think that knowing and having all those trends is, is very important for our uh, users and everyone else to know what is happening when something will happen. If you see the trend, it's very easy to find the change. If you don't, how can you know? Well, and I think people enjoy feeling empowered. I think that is something I've seen consistently throughout the 20 plus years that I've had the privilege of working in healthcare and allowing individuals to be able to not only purchase labs that they want to have drawn, but have control over trending data so that they can, you know, discuss that information with their healthcare provider and make determinations and decisions about how they want to go about making lifestyle changes. And the other thing that I really appreciate about the functionality of Inside Tracker is that, you know, individuals have the ability to make some of these changes on their own. They don't have to wait until they are in their healthcare provider's office, you know, they can upfront start making some lifestyle changes. So it isn't just about nutrition. What are some of the other pieces to the lifestyle aspect that you feel like are also very important, not just food. You mentioned a couple, you know, physical activity, sleep quality. What are some of the things that you find are absolutely important for individuals to integrate into the anti-aging longevity space? So we tend to divide it to uh, four parts. So we have food, we have supplement, exercise, and lifestyle changes. I think that uh, what is nice or not nice in a supplement is that it's very easy to do or to take. It's basically an intervention that you need to think about it once a day. And uh, apparently a lot of us are doing it too much or taking too much. So a lot of the time we found that uh, people are over-supplementing. Uh, We see it with uh, vitamin B12, we see it with folic acid, we see it sometimes with uh, uh, vitamin D. And when you are over-supplementing, it's not good. So I think that uh, what is nice about InstaTracker is that it's not only showing to you what you lack, but also what you are doing too much. Exercise, so there there are a lot of uh, recommendations or uh, suggestions for exercise. And it depends what kind of person you are. 
If you are an Olympic athlete, most likely that uh, the recommendation will be more of resting and uh, stretching and uh, injury prevention. If you are a normal person that is not exercising at all, you will get a recommendation that are specific for exercise, and it can be a strength, it can be endurance, it can be HIIT or high-intensity interval training. We have a, it can be a yoga. So we have a lot of uh, different exercise recommendations. Then you have the lifestyle. Go outside and expose to the sun if you have low D. Do some meditation or the sleep hygiene. So we have a few that the recommendations are distributed uh, between those four. We are trying to add more and more in each of them and give the user a variety. Because, for example, it might be good for you to swim, but if you live in a place that is very hard for you to find a swimming pool, you cannot do it. So we are giving a variety of recommendations, and then you select which one fits your lifestyle and fit uh, how engaged you are. Because if you are a person that is not very engaged, I will go for supplement because they are easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they are not as good as food. I will always recommend you to start with food, but food is the hardest. Because in the average day, the average American make more than 200 food decisions. When should I eat? What should I eat? What is the quantity? It's like so many food decisions. So it's harder for, a, let's say, newbie to make all of those decisions. Much easier, easier with supplement. But the value of food is much higher because it's uh, the basic. So. No, I have to agree. It all starts with food. And I think it's a really good point that people will purchase supplements have a garbage diet and assuming the supplements going to outdo all the other things that they're not ideally doing for their bodies. Curious though, this is just from my own perspective. Are you currently taking any supplements? And if so, which ones? Yeah, I'm taking a vitamin D supplementation because I actually tried uh, very early to increase my vitamin D with uh, nutrition. So I ate fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a few months and it didn't make, move the needle at all. <laughs> so then I started to increase my vitamin D, and uh, now I'm taking a pretty high uh, amount of like 5,000 IU every other day, and that's maintained my vitamin D in the right level. And I'm taking, currently I'm taking CoQ10 to help me uh, optimize my glucose, which uh, started to uh, increase. So I'm testing every quarter or so, and every time I'm trying to adjust and, uh, and do some experiment on myself. It is exciting. I'm pretty optimized. And, but always you have a different market that's starting to go up. When you find it early, you can take care of it. When you find it late, it might be too late. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's interesting. I think most, if not all of us, unless we live in the Southern hemisphere or Southern parts of the United States are probably taking vitamin D supplementation. What I think is really interesting is vitamin D isn't just a vitamin. It is, you know, it's a hormone, it impacts immune function. It impacts has some degree with insulin sensitivity. So there's so much more to it. And I laugh because clinically, obviously in cardiology, we weren't drawing a lot of vitamin Ds, but you know, I would see patients reports and almost everyone was 20, 30, 40, and, you know, really optimized. We want to be much higher than that. So not surprising that you're taking that. What I find interesting is when I I would say right now for insulin sensitivity, I'm seeing quite a bit of research on berberine and chromium as two other opera. Have you tried those as well? Or are you just starting with the CoQ10 first? So yeah, I tried a, a, a lot of them. I think that I had, if I recall, I done a barber in a few years ago and uh, 
it's uh, I had some uh, side effect of that. So sometimes some people uh, mm-hmm. are not reacting well to barbering. So I uh, decided to stop it. But yeah, barbering have a lot of uh, data from the peer review scientific publication that uh, show an effect on uh, several different uh, markers. We have around, I would say, maybe 40 or 50 different supplements that we are recommending to uh, people depending on the level of the blood biomarker. So we definitely have a battery of them. And again, I think that because it's like a very easy intervention to do, our uh, client, and I think everyone in the world uh, will uh, like to use it. I know that there are, uh, when I started the company, I remember that uh, one of my co-founders came to me and said, you cannot do supplement because supplement are evil. So I said, let's test and ask our customer or a prospect, what do they think about it? And we ran, ran a survey and I was surprised 98% of our uh, server responder said that, yeah, we will take supplement if they are good for me. And then I came to him and said, sorry, <laughs> the crowd like supplement. So again, supplement, uh, you need to be careful, but I think mm-hmm. that it's pretty easy to, if you have a, an issue. And sometimes like vitamin D, it's very hard to get it, enough of it uh, without supplementation. Absolutely. Well, and you and I are certainly living examples of that. I always say like summertime is when I catch up with my vitamin D exposure because it's really pretty warm here. And so if I'm outside walking with my dogs, I'm getting quite a bit of sun exposure. And even with that, that's usually I get about four or five months out of the year where my vitamin D is completely optimized and then it gets colder again. And then I start with supplementation all over again. Now, I want to be mindful of our time today. Now, I would love for you to share with listeners how to connect with you, how to find Inside Tracker. Obviously, we'll have all of your links, but what's the best way to connect with you outside of this podcast? Yeah, so first you can come to InstaTracker.com and find more information about us. And you can find me on uh, Twitter, on uh, LinkedIn, on Instagram, and uh, I'll be more than happy to talk with you. Actually, I really like to talk with uh, our users or prospects because I'm learning a lot about their needs. So we are a lot of time giving a free um, consultation with, with our uh, team, either nutritionist or a scientist. And the reason for that is not, yeah, definitely I want to help our uh, customers, but we, I want to learn and understand their uh, challenge because our goal is to make this platform completely automated and let people like you, Cynthia, to deal with uh, your uh, uh, clients or followers. But for me, talking with a client allow me to understand what are the challenges and allow me to make the product better. So we really like to talk with clients and every client that they come to us and say, hey, something is not clear or I need an advice. We are doing it uh, uh, without any payment. Well, one of the things I think, and I meant to mention this earlier, but I want to make sure I mention this before we end today. One of my intermittent fasting coaches came to me last week. And, and so she obviously took advantage of the inside tracker and said, I never would have known that my iron levels were so high. You know, she's a menopausal woman. She mentioned that her levels were high enough that she's now doing a huge iron workup. They believe she has hemochromatosis, which is a genetic propensity for very high iron levels. And so she wanted me to personally thank you for creating Inside Tracker because she said, I might have gone completely unaware that I had such pathologically higher, high iron levels. And she said, you know, it's one of those things where she was kind of curious when she did the testing thinking, you know, maybe I'll just get validation that I'm doing all the right things. 
but she said she and her primary care provider were really impressed. So I want to, you know, give a plug and just say that, you know, even the healthy women that are part of my coaching team, even some of them were like, wow, there were some things that they had to kind of follow up on. So thank you again for your time today. And I wanted to make sure I pass that along. We'll obviously have some discount codes and links to all of the things that Gil has shared with us today. I'm even going to put in a little bit of an FAQ of some of the terms that we use today in case you're unfamiliar with them. But thank you so much, Gil. It's been a pleasure. I'd like to actually bring you back and maybe dive into a little bit of the research on gender differences with longevity and anti-aging as well. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It was a pleasure. And uh, the story that you mentioned, we hear it a lot because Mm -hmm. when you go to the primary care physician, not because they are bad, but because they are busy and they don't have time and it's expensive and they need to have uh, the approval of the uh, insurance company for every test, they don't have a big, as big panel as what we are testing. And because of that, we are finding issue of high iron and a lot of low iron, actually, that uh, women doesn't know, or a lot of testosterone, or suddenly you see that testosterone is jumping to the roof, and uh, without any uh, intention, you find that you have other issues. So I think that getting tested is is great. Sometimes you, you won't be, and people come to me and say, hey... Because of you, I found that and that and that. The first week, they are not happy. But after two weeks, they come back and say, hey, thank you. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's a, knowledge is a power and it's better to know than to ignore. So I, I completely agree with you. There are a lot of things that you find just because you are testing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm grateful for the opportunity to connect with you outside of, of the testing itself. And we'll definitely bring you back and dive into some other topics. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review. Subscribe and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes.